It's summertime, and that only means one thing. Big fun at Six Hags Cryptid Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Grab your whole family and come down to enjoy the most exciting rides on the planet. Convince yourself to ride the skeptic. You won't believe it. Do you have what it takes to enter the mind of the wickedest man in the world? The Crowley Roller. Turn those screams into EVPs in the world's most terrifying machine of pure fear. The Roller Coaster. Take the little ones on a leisurely ride through our beloved... It's a hollow world in the earth. Take a 65-foot plunge into the wettest, longest night of the year. The Yule Log Flu. And for dinner, make your way to El Dorito, the lost city of snacks. Mmm, snacks! Brought to you by Free to Life. And don't forget to get your picture taken with the beloved characters. Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Move a little closer there, love. That's right. Devon. Hi, Bonners. Come and get done to the pictures taken with me. And everybody's favorite, Spring Hill Jack. Oh, why don't you come a bit closer there, love? Closer, right? Get the Diat Love Day Pass at the ticket booth, or go online to order the MK Ultra Family 4-Pack. You'll lose your mind. So this summer, head on down to Six Hags Cryptid Kingdom, where, where the, the whole family gets its taste. Oh, yes. <sighs> I'm, I'm so <laughs> wet and chafed. I know. Man, who would have thought I could stand two plunges into the longest night of the year? I don't know. Wet and chafed is right. Not me. I ran up to that, that overlook and paid a quarter so I could get you with the jet of water oh, as yeah, you yeah, came yeah. down. And they take those pictures. You know, they it's it's I'm so glad that they renovated that ride and made it into the Yule Rog. It, it used to be the the the, the, the Smith's deep plunge. Yep. <laughs> And everybody had to remove their clothes before getting on it. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello. I'm David Flora. I'm David Stecco. I'm glad you have paid admission <laughs> to this. Step right up to all this day carnival ride. of the damned. <laughs> oh, we could have used Carnival of the Damned. Oh, right, right. Head on down to the Midway. Try your luck at the Carnival of the Damned. Pop balloons. <laughs> Win shit. I don't, that's, that's why we didn't try that. <laughs> <laughs> Are all the workers damned? In a manner of speaking, they're yeah. regular carnies. <laughs> In a manner of speaking, aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, we've been sitting here for an hour doing, yeah, <laughs> thinking up this shit, and, and after an hour, that's what we get to. Yeah. I, go go down uh, there. Win yeah, yeah, go. It's, it's good. Um, uh, There's fun. Bat squatches. Mothman around somewhere. All right. All right. Monsters. We can't stop yet. We haven't said it long. It gets its taste. Shit. <laughs> Rewrite it. So we've we've got a good one here. We've, yeah. we've got a uh, a real tasty uh, morsel that that you can find at El Dorito. <laughs> yeah, I was really proud of that. It's the lost city of snacks. This Many's episode, the men though. who went in search, and none of them found nutrition. That's right. <laughs> Not a one of them. <laughs> we we coated a man in orange flavor dust. <laughs> and then jump in the lake. And jump into a vat of teenagers. <laughs> okay, we're done being pleased with ourselves. No, we're not. Oh, man. So uh, let's just say this right off the bat. Don't worry. Um, the proper authorities are here. We've prepared the yep. chamber. I am most certainly going 
to the penalty box because <laughs> I've I've earned it so very much. Yeah, you'll be doing that uh, yep. toward, towards the end here. Towards the end. But in the meantime, yep, it's that time them. again, ladies and gentlemen, to get out your camels. Both of them. Not the cigarettes. Put on your Bedouin headscarf because mm-hmm. that sand will get in your nose. That's It'll right. get in your mouth. Fill up your water skins. Yep. Because we are going to Egypt. Which is now spelled with an A. <laughs> I said that like Don Knotts for some reason. Egypt. Egypt. Oh, Andy. <laughs> Why are these cows down here in Mayberry? I know what you're all thinking. You think you could just walk through Egypt. All right. That's as much uh, Don Knotts. Where's Otis? <laughs> Jesus. I shot him. <laughs> now I'm going to Emmett's <laughs> Fix-It Shop to fix Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of my favorite Simpsons. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, was that when Charles Bronson yes. went to Mayberry? Yeah. That was yeah. It. He was the sheriff of Mayberry. <laughs> <laughs> that was for you, Fairpoint. Um, that's right. This episode, taking a big old trip to Egypt. Yep. Talking about the curse of the pharaohs. That's right. The mummy's curse. The thing that says if you try to do science in this particular realm, you are forever damned. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah. I'm cutting myself off before I can even try to. Oh, I love it. I love it. See, uh, when we recorded um, our little uh, uh, extrasode for listener mail, I got real drunk. <laughs> On accident, I had uh, really not eaten much at lunch. I went straight from work. I play uh, beach volleyball in my work league. And yes, ladies, that's magnificent. And like, just imagine all the slow motion of me jumping and leaping. It's great. But it was hot. I didn't even bring water. I went straight to, to Flora's house to record. And I was like, well, you know what the body needs <laughs> Mm-hmm. When it's been exerted and you're thirsty, you can't have water, no. but you have the next best thing. Yeah, yeah. It's even though Flora, you have a case of bottled water right there, mm-hmm. and I could help myself to that. We're, we're at that point in our friendship, sure. in, our, in our life journey. Nope. The best thing you can do is replace those vital electrolytes with no less than three very quickly slammed cans of PBR. That's right. Uh, so much so that while we when we were done recording. Your girlfriend goes, Dave. Do you do you want like something to eat maybe before you to try try to bike home? <laughs> I have enjoyed that. That I showed up, got drunk, and then caused some mild concern. Well, we fed you this yeah. this round. Yeah, way to play ahead. But um, we're gonna talk about the curse of the pharaohs. Yeah, uh, and just that was a diatribe. Sorry about that. Uh-huh. And also, I'm implying that you're the one that's drunk this time. I'm getting there. Yeah. What the curse is. We're going to talk about what it is. Yep. What Where the it origins. Started, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, any explanation to it. Yeah. There's, and there, is it real? Yeah. And there's there's some there's a lot of cool stuff in this. Very cool stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, what are we going to say? This one yeah, is a real know, bag yeah, of yeah, shit. You guys. Uh, yeah. Put put your regret on now because you're going to be glad you're wearing it later. So let's let's kick this thing off. All right. Here's here's what we got here. Boil down. The, the curse is the belief that anybody who disturbs the final resting place or body or belongings of ancient Egyptian royalty will be visited by a host of maladies. Yep. Side effects of archaeology include, but are not limited to, disease, ill fortune, natural disasters, death. Well, that's pretty final. Yep. I mean, if that last one gets there, 
Right. Don't worry about the I'm other ones. I'm pretty sure that you should also not open tombs when you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. No, no handling of mummies. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, no handle any broken sarcophagi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the, the popular and most widely known curse is Tabitha, but she's such a whore. Is Tabitha, but she's <laughs> such a whore. Popular and most widely known curse is that of the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, we're American, yeah. and yes, Flora's doing it right. But if we just want to say Tutankhamun, we can do that. Yeah. Unless, does that, does, does, does that f- piss you off? Does fucking with the pronunciation and does that incur a curse? Oh. Is there a curse on me? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> King Tut. Old, yep. old Tut. Classic. Uh, it's, you can't swing a dead cat in Egyptian lore without hitting some Tut. You're going to you get. shouldn't because that's a sacred <laughs> that's true, <yeah>. animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am incurring a you lot of You will get curse. some bast on your ass. <laughs> nice. Well done. Um, watching the, the videos of this, listening to stuff, uh, you know, the Egyptologist pronounce it Tutankhamun. Yep. Tutankhamun. That's, that's, uh, that's what everybody says. Tutan. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. We'll say tut. What's up, Tutan? <laughs> Old Rudy Tootie. That's right. So uh, that's that's the common. That's the the popular. Don't burn him. That's yeah. the uh, that's the popular curse that everybody knows about. This he's yeah. not the only one that uh, is you know part of of the pharaoh's curse. He was but one pharaoh. Yep. One one person of Egyptian royalty. And uh, as our astute listeners shall recall, the son of uh, our last Egyptian discussion, Ankhenaten. That's right. Originally named. Tutan Aten. Yep. Because they worship the Aten, the sun disc. That's right. Uh, then changed to Tutank Amun. Yep. Uh, for Amun Ra. Anyway, Aten, the sun disc, Amun Ra. Makes sense. The curse held power for centuries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was discussed. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a popular notion that, uh, and, and, and you have to understand also how much trade there was in uh, mummies and uh, Egyptian artifacts and items uh, for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, a common, um, it's it's almost the way there's a, a, the thing with, with powdered rhino horn in Asia now. Powdered uh, mummy was thought to be a, 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 a good cure-all. It was, it, was, it was wanted in Europe. It was used a lot. And they would import mummies by the boatload. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. I mean, yeah, and, and you, it, which is, it, it's kind of sad when you think about, I mean, literally like cordwood, they would import mummies because it's the desert. It's it's people, yeah. anybody who dies anywhere that would mummify to some degree or another. But you think about how many how many artifacts were lost that way, or how what a great amount of uh, of, of knowledge to be gained from that. That you know, historically, whoops a daisy. Well, yeah, um, it wasn't though until the 1920s that uh, the belief of a curse really started picking up steam, which we'll get back to. But it is uh, what's important is that it, it was it was a, a thing that existed prior to that, right? Um, and it even predated uh, the first decryption of hieroglyphics, which were uh, first deciphered in eighteen twenty two. And so, the fact that this belief existed before that, when there was literally no possibility of anyone reading this from a hieroglyphic. Yeah, yeah. That gave a little credence to it. And so, uh, so you know, to my mind, and we'll, we'll get to this later, but it's fun to, 
you either say, oh, well, you were either they were superstitious and making superstitious and making it up, or this is that that thing that gets passed down. There's this this thing that people are aware of, and you know, hey, look out. <laughs> Part of the curse were um, accounts of deaths and curious coincidences, which yeah. fueled suspicions of a curse. There were numerous reports of hieroglyphs that were said to have been translated as warnings on the walls and doors of tombs. Yep. I've got a few examples for you here. Cursed be those that disturb the rest of Pharaoh. They that shall break the seal of this tomb shall meet death by a disease which no doctor can diagnose. Very specific. Yeah. And, in particular on Tut's tomb, They who enter this sacred tomb shall swift be visited by wings of death. And also, apparently found on a uh, statue of Anubis in Tut's tomb... The inscription, It is I who hinder the sand from choking the secret chamber. I am for the protection of the deceased, and I will kill all those who cross this threshold into the sacred precincts of the royal king who lives forever. Now, quick question, point of clarification. Is he protecting all of the deceased? Or just that one, because if he kills anyone who goes in there, when they become deceased, is it just like, like, oh, hey, really sorry about that, but um, as long as you're living, I got this job to do, but now you're under my protection. So if anyone else comes in here, I'll protect you as well. You know what? I, I would say that he wouldn't protect them because they weren't properly buried there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, they got all of their organs in there. No one stuck a hook up their nose. They're just a mess. Yeah. Plus breaking in there they're gonna have to face the scales of a feather in their heart the heart's gonna be way heavier dude yeah it's true. way heavier dude and they're gonna go right down that crocodile's throat anubis is all you broke the rules now i'll pull out all your pubic hairs <laughs> also that was it was actually etched into the hieroglyphs i mean <laughs> it took them a long time to translate pubic hairs but they figured it out <laughs> Oh, and um, also, uh, for those of you playing the Blurry Photos drinking game or Blurry Photos bingo, cross off the box for Dave Sings a Song. (laughs) And if you've got the box for Flora, has no idea which song Dave's singing. Yeah, double up. Ding, ding. So, let's talk about where the came from. Oh, please do. Now, you you started on it. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, there's a a lot of debate. Uh, Some Egyptologists say, though, that... First century CE, Arabs introduced the idea that tomb robbers could be attacked by reanimated mummies. Yeah. 1699, there were two mummies being transported on a ship across the Atlantic. Yep. Did you read about this? Did you hear about I this? I did. I did. I did. A lot of... Polish guy. A lot of unfortunate cousin deaths. <laughs> Polish guy dreamed of two ghosts or, you know, haunts, haints, were... were uh, I mean, harassing we, him in his we sleep. weren't there so it's hard for us to determine what variety of spectral being it was that's right and then i guess there's a bunch of storms that blew up yep so the ste- the seas were stormy uh until they <laughs> apparently took the mummies and tossed them overboard and then everything calmed down yeah he, i mean it's fine and i i love that because you know like the whole reason they're on the boat because they're transporting mummies and but, but to get to the point where they're like okay we've got to do something here yeah and and the uh if it's, the option if, of tossing the mummies. Came yeah, up, yeah, if it's the mummies, then let's just get rid of them. 
It's so weird. It's, well, sixteen ninety nine. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Other ideas about curses came from fiction. In eighteen twenty seven, a lady by the name of Jane C. Loudon wrote, "The Mummy." Exclamation point. I believe it was the mummy. <laughs> Uh, in 1862, The Mummy's Soul was written by Anonymous. Ooh. Love their work. Oh, my gosh. And it's so funny that they started out writing and now they rule the internet. Yeah. With a shadowy hand and a bunch of Guy Fox masks. <laughs> in 1868, Jane Austen, Jane G. Austen, with an I. P-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-T. More like lame Austin. Stone Cold Jane Austen. Wrote, after 3,000 years, which is a mummy plot, 1869, Louisa May Alcott. Her to her. Yep. Little Women. The tiniest. Wrote, uh, mini mummies. No. (laughs) Wrote, Lost Pyramid or The Mummy's Curse. I like that weird period of time where everything had to have two titles. Yeah. The Perdition of Faust or as, Lo- as Lolly Town Follies. Yeah. <laughs> now, the uh, anonymous and uh, Jane Austen, with an I, had uh, feminist overtones to the stories, meaning they had a meaning they female were, they were mummy. Wi- they were witches. <laughs> That's right. Both burned at the stake. Eight to 1800s. They, they were. They were. They were. They were past that, just a bit. They were simply marginalized by society. Same thing. Well, they had uh, female mummies and uh, male tomb robbers who the mummies took revenge on. Sounds like a rom-com. It does. Lord Jeremy Wittenshire was out for another archaeological dig, but what he didn't expect was to dig up love. Love. (laughs) Harpsichord music, harpsichord music. I know she's rather desiccated, my friend, but there's something captivating about her. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, yes, a hug around the neck. Uh, Lord Wittingshire, that mummy you seem to walk around, I shall purchase it of you. She's not anyone's to own. <laughs> oh, we're the best. April 14th, 1912. Mm, I gave it a moment so it sank in. <laughs> it was dun, said dun. that antique collector Lord Canterville had something shipped from England to America. Just happened to be what a mummy oh, of a no. well-known prophetess of Amenhotep the Fourth, and the ship carrying it, the Titanic. Whoa, ever heard of that boat that don't float, kill a goat? (laughs) That brings us to 1922. That's two twos after a 19. (laughs) Howard Carter. Big Howard Carter. Born 1874, was a British archaeologist and Egyptologist and had been bopping around Egypt since about 1891. Mm-hmm. He knew his way around. He did. In 1907, George Edward Herbert, the fifth Earl of Carnarvon. <laughs> they call me the Earl of Carnarvon. 
You're burning them, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Met uh, and hired Carter to oversee some excavations for him. It apparently went decently as Carter continued to work for Carnarvon. Not quite smashing, but at least capital. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Yes. (laughs) Not quite bully. (laughs) British dude, British. I'm sorry. Just like doing that. All in all, a worthy effort. Not disappointed. Far from ecstatic. That's what you're wondering. Uh, Carter continued to work for Carnarvon through 1922, only stopping due to, um, well, I don't. I you probably haven't heard of it, but uh, World War One, sort of a big deal towards the end of the war. Yeah, yeah. The only problem was that Carnarvon wanted treasure. He wanted something found. Yep. And Carter wouldn't find anything. Whoop. You have one job, dude. Yeah, and he's like, listen, this is not one of those hippie bullshit things where it's the journey that is the treasure. No, the treasure is the treasure. Right. And you're not finding treasure. <laughs> Although, I think anybody would be willing to cut him slack since there was the hole of the desert there to, yeah. <laughs> to look in. That that uh, tricky little spot of real estate called the Sahara. <laughs> Carnarvon gave him one more year to find something. And uh, Carter pushed on and was in the Valley of the Kings. Pretty good spot if you're looking for for a treasure. Yeah, yep. A lot of stuff there. They call it the Valley of the Kings because of all the tombs of the uh, royalty that was uh, Mm -hmm. entombed there. And in November of 22, Carter found a staircase. And after digging it out, he found a doorway, which was sealed, which was a big deal. It was much better than finding a, a door that had already been busted into, mm-hmm. which meant it was already looted. And when we say sealed, I mean, there was actually a formal, it's a rope and clay seal that they put through that they have an impression on. Uh, and it's 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 kind of an, an, an intricate knot. And then they, they put clay around that. And so it's an actual kind of like a, a version of sealing wax. Not that they just had the door nailed shut as tight as they could. It was a, a very formal like... This indicates that the door's never been opened kind of thing. Yeah. Carter called for Carnarvon to get his ass over there. Carter and Carnarvon. Carnarvon and Carter. Uh, Which he did. And with Carnarvon there, the door was opened to the greatest archaeological discovery perhaps of all time. Boom. Shortly after opening, Carter sent a uh, worker to his house for something. Go get me a sandwich. I don't know. Something. Uh, where uh, the worker found Carter's pet canary in the mouth of a cobra. Yeah. Cobras hate canaries. Carter loved that canary, too. Mm-hmm. He thought by not having him near any coal mines, he'd be safe. Wrong. Wrong. You're in the desert. Yeah. Now, uh, as you as you might have seen on some of the headdresses of Egyptian royalty uh, in pictures and stuff. Including one, two, dunkamun. That's right. Uh, snake. Yep. Snake on there. Cobra. Cobra on the headdress. And it's just there because it looks bitching. No, it's not. It's there because it has a job to do. Yep. Protection. It kills everything. I wish. This is one of those moments I wish that we had video of the podcast because Flora's got sort of a forehead hand cobra going that's really, really bad. It's like. This microphone's really close. It's trying to get it. Trying to get it. That's That was considered symbolism. Yeah. He kicked the door and 
symbolism and then ran away that's right the cobra was seen as uh the the defender of mm. of the pharaoh and it would um metaphor it would it lashed out at its enemies and so the the cobra was seen as this defender of the royalty yeah and so that's you know like oh the cobra came and killed my it sent me a message yeah yeah carter carter broke into my tomb that's when right i broke into your house mm-hmm. i'm gonna you know you you disturb my jewels i'm gonna kill your canary that's right Yummy, yummy, tasty. <laughs> Gonna have fried chicken for dinner. <laughs> a few weeks after the burial chamber was opened, uh, now uh, and and this is this is important. There were four, I think, four different rooms to this tomb. Yep, tomb rooms. There was the antechamber, which was the uh, the big, uh, the, the first. It's the room, opposite of a chamber. The first room that, that anything they came you touch, to. you explode. Uh, then they had like a. Um, uh, basically a storage room mm-hmm. off of that a very small room and a lot of a lot of crap stacked up there it says where, where he did, it's his crafting room and then then off uh off the side of the antechamber was the burial chamber which is where the sarcophagus was where where tut's body uh was laid and then off of that was the treasure room yeah um, so you, you've got a few different, and, and then you had to, this, this long passage to get to the antechamber and then the stairway up for them. It, it had become clear to them that, uh, it had been broken into, um, uh, a while ago, but they supposed that the, uh, looters had been caught in the act because nothing was stolen. Things yeah. looked like, you know. I mean, everything was there. That's that's the teller. <laughs> but how did they got, get in if the the seal on the tomb I, was intact? I think since since the looters were caught in the act, whoever caught them had had it resealed. Oh, okay. had it closed back up. A few weeks after the burial chamber was opened, which keep in mind, it takes a long time because you got to dig everything it's a out. Very slow, meticulous process. Less so than than it is now, but still slow. Yeah, uh, Lord Carnarvon became gravely ill. And died, yeah, and 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 in in a really unpleasant manner too. Got a mosquito bite on his cheek. Then, when he was shaving, presumably with a straight razor, sure, um, sliced it, and was like, "Oh, he, you know, he he nicked himself," and it went septic. He got yep. blood poisoning and died from that. That's a that's a rough way to go. Yep, and it was said that at the time of his death. All the lights in Cairo went out. And back home in England, his faithful dog, Susie, let out a mournful howl and died as well. Wow. Uh, The media proceeded to shit themselves, covering (laughs) the story, and unleashed a torrent of curse rumors. Oh, yeah. I mean, that sells newspapers. Mm -hmm. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle blamed quote elemental guardians on Carnarvon's death and since he was a pretty big deal at the time that made people go even more apeshit right that's where we start coming to these connective deaths right this this is where you establish like the the popular version of the pharaoh's curse right Uh, a friend of lord Carnarvon's uh, George J. Gould (laughs) George Large Wallet (laughs) <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> uh, George J. Gould visited the tomb and apparently 
died within the next day or two. Yeah, you know what got him? Captain Smith and Pocahontas. They he got that fever. <laughs> I, I started to sing. And I was like, it's going to take me a long time to get back to the part where they say fever. So f- that <laughs> fever in the morning. Uh, he got pneumonia. Fever all through the night. Joel Wood, who was a British industrialist, uh, visited the tomb. Died soon after of high fever. Fever. Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, British radiologist. <laughs> With the most British name. <laughs> He's This is the dude that cut the cords of the mummy. Yeah. Cut him open. Had bouts of feebleness. He was enfeebled. Less than a year later. Dead. Yeah. Uh, cause of death not determined. Mystery not illness. Determined. Prince Ali Kamalfami Bey died. Shot by his wife. <laughs> didn't respect, didn't genuflect, got in the face. He pissed off all the lords. <laughs> she reached for guns and not swords. <laughs> <laughs> That's why his blood's in the floorboards. Oh, Prince Ali. <laughs> we'll be here all night. Yeah. Don't, um, don't let us. Some of that, some of that was pronounced incorrectly for rhyming's sake. By the way, uh, uh, yeah, but he did get shot by his wife in 1923. A bunch of nitpickers, and I bet <laughs> that sounded grosser than it, it yeah, is. Don't put that in. That no. didn't work right. Okay, it just didn't sound good. Don't put that in. You're gonna put it in. I know you, <laughs> Colonel Aubrey Herbert. Plaza, who was Carnarvon's half brother, died in 1923, blood poisoning. Uh, oh my gosh, let's just start naming them off. Sir Lee Stack, uh, the Governor General of Sudan, yep. assassinated in 1924. Carter's assistant Richard Bethel died. His apparent suicide uh, jumped out of a hotel room window. Oh, his his father jumped out of that. Bethel's father actually jumped out. Oh, I'm sorry, that was Bethel jr that's right he was uh, richard uh bethel jr was smothered in his bed oh that's right yeah richard bethel senior couldn't a- handle it apparent suicide uh partner of carter ac mace also had a kick-ass comic book <laughs> yeah ac <laughs> mace arsenic poisoned dead all dead did dead did dead did. by 1929 and uh and last but certainly not least who's that then how about Howard Carter himself? Oh. Where uh, over 10 years later, the Pharaoh's curse strikes with insidious speed. Lymphoma. 1939, Carter dies of lymphoma, age 64. Yeah. Uh, it was speculated by, that Real by, slow curse. That by uh, 1929, 22 people connected to the opening of the tomb were dead. Well, I mean, and, and that that's the thing. I mean, the indisputable fact about this is that everyone connected is to that dead tomb now, in dude. any way is dead now. They all died. It's crazy. All of them. Crazy. And it's the same thing. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's the same. For Ed Cobra. I'm going to make a hat for you that has a little pull string. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it, that's it's one of those haunted moments in history. It's it's just like uh, the inaugural ball for um, uh, John Quincy Adams. Everyone who went to that 
they all now died. Dead. All dead. All dead. And it's today. like and they like they went to such exacting measures to make sure they all look just, you know, like the way people died, like that they weren't connected. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, 19, yeah. Uh, 1961, the last surviving member of the crew that opened the tomb, an American by the name of J.O. Kinnaman, died aged 84. Real slow curse. So that that's your uh, that's your origin. That's your timeline. That's yeah. what this this curse is about, yo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that's that is the we what we have given is a, a very uh, meaty section of it. Yeah, uh, like we said, curse of the pharaohs, not just coming from T- King Tut's opening, but that's been the most publicized because it's it's probably the most recent and. That's when people had Egypt fever. Right. Yeah. And not the kind that'll kill you. (laughs) It was, it's like America's obsession with Australia in the 80s. Crocodile Dundee. Yahoo Serious. Yahoo Serious. And they, do you remember that super spooky Energizer spokesman that was like the Australian weightlifter? Australian weightlifter. No. No, the, like, look it up. It's really spooky because, (laughs) don't have to. Is their their weird tagline was energizer? That'll surprise you, and he'd go oi oi oi. <laughs> I bet Australians love that. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but it's like the they're world, all like that. The Can world. I borrow your boomerang? <laughs> Shrimp on play Barbie. Your, play your didgeridoo for me. Do they, yeah, I'm, I think it's nationally illegal for them to cook shrimp on barbecues. Yeah. Uh, my, my, the moral of my story is the world Egypt crazy. And it's a story that people have always liked. Like the, the mummy is a, is a, a classic monster. Now it's established as a thing that you're going to have. I mean, they was, right. was a, a first season of Buffy mummy. <laughs> Boris Karloff. He, he's yeah. the one that, uh, that brought that into the, well, um, and the Brendan Fraser movies, two out of three. I enjoyed a lot. I oh, mean, that's true. I've got them. Yeah. I've once, got them in there. Once Rachel Weiss left. It. yeah agreed uh yeah even the 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 guy uh john hannah that that was her brother oh right. even he couldn't save it yeah anyway um oh, and then there's yetis in that third one have you seen the third one yes yeah weird uh, let's talk about let's talk about explanations of what this is uh, explanations of why the f- they put yetis in that third one what does that have to do with mummies well, you know, sorcery, uh, high priests with uh, power of the occult. Mm-hmm. There was tons of rituals, tons of spells that they put over bodies as they were entombing them and embalming and mummifying. Yeah, and it's it has all the hallmarks of, of, of something that people would get excited about. It was uh, this, this very mysterious time, this very great civilization that we're aware of that did these things we don't entirely understand. And they had these very specific rules about death and the afterlife. And then, um, you know, a century before what was always indecipherable, this unknowable thing. Now we're starting to decipher the hieroglyphics. We're getting real information, which just fuels the interest more. It raises more questions than it answers. Mm -hmm. And then boom, we find an un, un, uh, touched, yeah. Untouched tomb in, in perfect condition. And man, we get to see like, like this is really what they were. This is what they were after. So yeah, everyone's going to be really into it. Mm-hmm. And you throw some danger in there. You throw a hint of monsters in the occult. Come <laughs> on. The world had already been 
uh, Egypt cest since the the eighteen hundreds because trademark flora industries. We um we know from way back eighty one episodes ago when we talked about El Bisto himself. That's right, unholy Crowley. Totally into uh, Egyptian stuff yep. and the occult and a lot of stuff that was uh, uh, put into the you know the uh, OTO and Golden Dawn and mm-hmm. I mean probably even Freemason sh- you know, back in the day oh, yeah, a lot of, of yeah. rituals came from what they thought well you know there's the uh, uh, the Thoth the the tarot deck that, that mm-hmm. we played with uh, Thoth was the god of wisdom in in uh, Egyptian mythology, right? And the, the 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 integration of of pyramids and and obelisks and these things that were that were very uh, Egyptian in origin. Yep, yep. They went nuts over them. Yep. So, so you know, there's always the old sorcery yep. explanation. Uh, I got one here: radioactivity. Yeah, I read that, but then. Um, I, I didn't see the, the explanation of where they got any further. It was just like a quick mention once, and I was like, damn it. It, I, I looked up uh, a fucking abstract of a, an actual... A motherfucking scientific-ass paper and shit. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker published, not perished. Trademarks, Deco Industries. <laughs> Apparently, some tombs were built with stones containing uranium... Uh, in particular, there was uh, a granite, I think, was used quite yes. a bit. Yes. And we even mentioned that way back in the old Deer Book Box. Yep. Deer Book Box <laughs> episode. Deer Book Box. Um, how there was a stone in there that was granite and thought to maybe have some radioactivity coming from it. Fun fact, um, Grand Central Station in New York City. So I've heard of it. So much granite was used that is low-grade radioactive that while it perfectly safe for people to be running around in it whatever however the amount of radiation if that was a nuclear power plant it would fail safety standards it would be shut down because they're very dicey about nuclear radiation but yeah it's actually more radioactive than a nuclear power plant is allowed to be safely oh okay how's that for a fun fact neat huh um i read that on the internet so if it's an internet lie, I'm sorry, and I'm just promulgating that, but it seemed, you know, reasonable like all internet lies do. Sure. They all come from a place of something. Now, the the, the radioactivity in granite, of course, decays uh, into radon. Yep. And that radon, um, you know, f***ing cancerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't no picnic you know, either. You know, well, f***ing bad for you. <laughs> There's also the thought that his uh, his diadem, his his headdress his crown may have contained some radioactivity in it somehow hmm. and maybe that was you know the, the special uh uh radioactive cobra that maybe they put on him because they knew it would make people sick you know and that was like a fail safe i don't know doesn't explain all all the deaths but no, they're smart know. because we'll they know if you find a golden headdress of a pharaoh. The first thing you're going to do is put it on and go, A herder of a pharaoh. Oh, build a pyramid. <laughs> Sweep this sand. <laughs> oh, make some papyrus. Oh. Herder. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm doing when I find my first one. And then I'm going to come at you and like forehead butt you. <laughs> when like, I get bit. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, how about poisonous gases? Which is a, a, a threat to archaeologists that happens in some parts of the world. Now, it's known that gases build up from decomposing mummies. Right. Uh, especially when they seal those things up. They seal them up tight. Duh. Super tight. And, and a lot of that stuff builds up. And the gases that, that accumulate, um, ammonia, formaldehyde, hydrogen sulfide, prussic acid. Oh, yeah. And that, that, that'll build up. Now, the only problem with this, too smelly. People, people are going to know that something's up. Yep. They're not just going to hang around and, and be like, oh, well, it's a tomb and it smells like shit ton like ammonia right now but uh you know let's let's put this headdress on <laughs> it would be like opening up a uh a coffin of cat piss right yeah to to be to be at a level that would be considered lethal yeah and there are plenty of odorless gases i mean natural gas itself correct uh we'll get you uh carbon monoxide most yeah most gases yeah, I mean, so there's, I mean, there, there's always, and there's a lot of different ways, it, irrespective of, of the decomposition of a body in a closed space, there are ways that those gases can can build up and, you know, uh, CO2 emissions, uh, decomposing limestone. Hmm. There's a lot of things that could lead to that. And and speaking of uh, decomposition, how about bacteria that, that comes from the decomposing flesh, especially the flesh that was covered in uh, oils? resins uh the stuff that'll uh, burn through an otherwise perfectly fine mummy <laughs> right uh if if stuff wasn't slathered in oil and stuff it would remain jerky forever yep but with this oil with this resin that they that they put on there uh it 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 basically burns through the the skin the the toxins release heat the the chemical reactions to the skin and it and it makes it that's why you see them blackened and mm-hmm. it's it's jerkified anyway but these uh, uh the oils and stuff really really can cause a lot of nasty stuff to to right. happen under there and then you get bacteria living in that right uh including apparently staphylococcus then that's bad you get a staph infection going um, i mean then keep in mind that guy died from a cheek cut yeah so yeah and then that brings us to fungus. Speaking fungus of among us. Decomposition. Uh, Egyptians entombed their dead with everything they thought was needed in the afterlife, including bushels of food, mm-hmm. jars of, of shit. And you know what? Food, it goes bad. It does go bad. Even Except in Tupperware. Except for honey. I don't know how much honey they had in here. I'm just saying, did you know how many honey never goes bad? Uh, I didn't know that, but it goes pretty fucking crusty in, in this house. If you um, if you microwave it, it'll decrystallize. Well, I've tried that. Really? Didn't work? It works. It's just a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Your life's a real nightmare, Flora. You know, I, gotta, um, I thought I you know, got to microwave my own honey. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. When, you know, when it, when it goes bad, uh, mold grows. Yes, it does. Additionally... Now, now, I mean, mold is bad. I'll get back to this in a second. But additionally, once a tomb is open, apparently bats love getting in tombs. Oh, yeah. They get in there and they they shit all over the place. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, think about that. There's not a lot of great places for bats to be and they live there. Mm-hmm. So you open up a giant cave, they're going to, you're going to get bats. Yep. Bats, bats love gold. 
That's low gold. And and the other fun thing about uh, fungus is fungal spores. Yes. Depending on the species, are very hardy things. They yeah. can sit around forever. Yeah. Just and waiting for something. Pop up in the air. Yeah. Get in your lungs. Something soft and wet to lodge into and begin to sporulate like they do. Fungus grows in, in bat guano. Uh-huh. That can cause histoplasmosis. Well, I was going to say that, thing. but I'm glad you did. Okay. You also get Aspergillus niger and Aspergillus flavus. Those are, flavus. These are uh, uh, a couple of things that, that come with the, uh, the old mold. At present, I guess, currently, the current going theory is that if any of the deaths, if any of the deaths were caused mm-hmm. by anything, mold is leading the the charge. Yeah, I think mold is the the culprit. If here's the thing, though, none of those people died. I mean, there's one mystery illness, but the cause of death is known for all these people, and they're they're not ridiculous ways. Like it, it's just a list of ways people die. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's some tragedy in there. There's there's some murder, um, you know, like a, a, an infected cheek wound. That's a pretty crappy deal. But yeah, I mean, arsenic poisoning, smothering, gunshot by wife. These aren't accidents. No, um, which leads us into some of the things that were put forth in uh, the curse of the mummy, the curse yeah. of the pharaohs. I've got a theory. You've got a theory? I do have a theory, but let's hear yours first because I don't know if mine's on well, the list. Well, I'm going to go back through some of the things that uh, uh-huh. that we said earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, recap it. We're going to recap. And, and Toe tapping. Recapping. Balls uh, flapping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that just had to happen. Oh, it still rhymed. Sweet. <laughs> uh, let's talk about curses in general. <laughs> okay. Curses. Like poverty? Weren't generally Alcoholism? Part, <laughs> weren't generally part of custom for the dead for ancient Egyptians. No. And furthermore, um, the, the dead were held so reverently yeah. that I, even the concept, I mean, it's, this, it's the same reason we don't have signs in funeral homes that say, hey, don't f*** the corpses. <laughs> Like it's, yeah. it's not a thing and don't we rob from the dead. Yeah. It's not a thing we feel like we have to put in writing and yeah. it's not something they felt they had to put in writing. Right. Spells for help for the afterlife. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but not generally curses. The curse uh, said to be on Tut's tomb. The one that uh, if you, if you mess with him, oh, right. Yeah. You'll be visited uh, disease town by swift wings of death. Yeah. Didn't actually exist. There, there's, there's no writing on the the tomb that said that. It was very likely that that was a media exaggeration. The the inscription over the sealed door of the tomb was particularly gross diaper storage, and it worked. Threw yeah. him off the threw him off the trail. Yeah. No one's no one's gonna open that door. Royal diaper repository. <laughs> And even the the little curse on the Anubis statue, not not a thing. No, and a lot of that is, I mean, and people really work very hard. And the some of the curses that I did see that are quote unquote curses, sure. that they they're like you know, this is a, a sovereign place where a person is living. 
don't, you know, no one should ever disturb this because they're, uh, and, and like, they, they're not like, you're going to die. It's like, oh, if, if someone were to disturb this and it's not even speaking to the reader, it's just like an out loud musing. Mm. If someone were to disturb this, then, then they should lose everything and they should not inherit. I mean, it's like these, like then they are shamed, you know, yeah. it, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, uh, 10,000 ravenous beetles will erupt from their mouth. Wow. You should have. You should go back in time and, and yeah. Boy, get a I job as curse writer. <laughs> I'm the head curse writer around here. <laughs> that would be awesome. Y'all want to get cursed? You want cursed? I could use a refill on this drink. Because <laughs> I've got a curse. It's right here. Tip I my am tongue. I'm a senior vice president of uh, curses. That's right. Worked my way all the way up from uh, uh, lead curse. That's right. I was a curse consultant. Used to freelance. <laughs> but you know what? I really like the stability of working for the Pharaoh. <laughs> Uh, how about the canary? Remember the, the Oh canary? yeah, canary versus snake. Uh, that's right. Con- Carter's canary was given to a friend named Minnie Burton for safekeeping while he was digging. There was no cobra involved. That was oh. nothing. Nothing. That was not. God, this is nothing. This, this is nothing. He's, he's it's such it's, big. It's such it's, bullshit. He's made up. He's make me stupid. Is put in dupa. Is yeah. So that sucks. Lord Carnarvon's death. We already said this. Oh, he was he was bitten by a mosquito. Uh, they cut the bite. It got infected. Bibbidi bop. Yeah, I, let's, you did. Yeah, you bit. I, if you get nineteen twenties, dude. Right, and 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 the Still. and the entirety of civilization before that cuts kill. Cuts kill. Cuts kill. Tuts don't. Cuts not tuts. Wow, you burned it. You burned that <laughs> it's one. Right. It's worth it. Uh oh oh the lights, the blackout in Cairo. Oh right, yeah. That that's a really cool one. Yeah, maybe true actually, but that happened all the time. Right, <laughs> it was the 1920s in yeah. Egypt. It <laughs> happens all the time now in Egypt. <laughs> I mean, they stuff ran off generators back then at the mm. military base, and and stuff failed. Like lights went out. Yeah, and that, that's and uh, and. And dogs flip out and die all the time. Oh, you want to talk about the dog? Yeah, I do. How about the time of death was off by hours, for one thing. Also reported as being witnessed uh, by the son, who apparently was up at 4 a.m. No, he was in India at the time. Oh. F***ing made it up. Rajin it up. <laughs> Shivin' the good life. Oh, uh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, this the worst. We're, we're we're going to all sorts of hell. You know yeah, this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, poor dog died. It did die, but it's not uh, in a statistically meaningful way. Right. Hey, Titanic mummy. Oh yeah, never happened. Oh, sorry, 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 everybody. If anything, there may have been a, a lid or or a part of a sarcophagus that was on the the Titanic, but there was no mummy that was stashed behind the, the captain's quarters that well no i mean there was the sarcophagus because i saw jack bang rose on it before they got spooked and moved to the inside of that old car oh yeah yeah god yeah you know what james cameron if anybody does his homework yeah you're right yeah i guess that's a penalty box for me <laughs> for james, james cameron said <laughs> jesus uh a mummy didn't cause the titanic to sink no. sorry uh, the connective deaths. We've already mentioned this, but like, here's 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 a good piece of of science for you. 
uh, Dottori, a study was done by Dr. Mark Nelson of Monash University, Australia, uh, and published in the British Medical Journal in 2002. Uh-huh. This is something that, that a lot of naysayers really latch on to. Uh, he did this study to see if there was any scientific proof to those deaths that were attributed to the people involved in the opening. Uh, what he did was he boiled down those who were, quote, unquote, exposed uh-huh. to a group of 24 people. And uh, he had a total of 44 people in, in Egypt that were, I guess, connected in some way. And 24 of those were present uh, at the opening of the tomb and all that stuff. Uh, and then he saw who died within 10 years and concluded that survival was an average of 20.8 years for those who were exposed and 28.9 years for those who were unexposed. This conclusion uh, led him to believe that there was no association between exposure and survival and thus no curse. Uh, because I think he was saying that if there was a curse, you'd probably be dead within 10 years. Average person who yep. who even, you know, who, who like French kissed the mummy still lived for an average of 20 years, almost 21. In truth, by 1934, which was 10 years after everything was all said and done with the opening, only six of the 22 people present at the tomb opening were dead. Uh, only two of them were there when the uh, sarcophagus was opened. Only two had died by then. And when the, when the mummy was unwrapped, none of them present had died by 1934. So it's a lame curse if it can't kill. Uh, you know, I mean. Yeah, they seem to, uh, you know, that was the dish served quite cold. <laughs> Very cold. I mean, unless it's like open this tomb, you get cancer. Right. Then that's that's kind of a bitch. But only Carter, I think, died of, of cancerous. Yeah, just lymphoma. But, you know, I mean, my theory is this, though. I mean, if there is if there is a curse, because remember, this excavation was not done for lofty goals of the betterment of mankind. You know, the, the, the guy calling the shots wanted treasure. Fame and fortune. Yeah, he was, he, was there to, he was there to make money. But then he died. Yeah. That throws things a little bit into a tumult. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's a lot of people that died by murder. You know, the... the Death by murder. Yeah, the, the Sheikh Ali's wife. I mean, I don't know. That's I tell you what, that's a cut and dry domestic. I don't want to get involved with it. Ship it off to the DA's office. Yeah. But you've got people being poisoned, people being smothered. People. That guy who suicide. Who maybe? I mean, I don't know. Who knows? You don't know about those things. Mm-hmm. It was, was was it a jumper? Was he thrown? Mm-hmm. But there are gold artifacts that are that are in play here, and maybe maybe some didn't make it into the logbooks, and maybe there's some tussling about the money of that, oh, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. or, or even let's say there's no theft whatsoever. Now they're, they're low grade celebrities. There's right. money. There's still money there. There's still yeah. impetus. There's, there's reason for people to be killing people. And Carter hated, uh, the notion that there was a curse associated with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hated it. I think he hated how the media was blowing everything up. He, he was the crotch shot of the day. Like TMZ was right Woof. all up in his face. Every every time he got off his camel, they were right there. Uh-huh. And he hated it. And the newspapers were just completely, the, all they were about was sensationalism right. in the day. And thank God things have changed since then. <laughs> Sarcasm. But uh, none of the explanations that, that we put forth there 
suffice for all of the deaths that occurred. No, so it's, it's how people die, especially in a in a tough place to live. Yeah, and people that remember are not accustomed to being there. The <laughs> You know, I mean, in some cases they've been there for a long time. I mean, the environment of England isn't like the environment of Egypt. Believe it or not, I mean, I'll not believe. I mean, I'm not, not Wales. No, sir, not Wales. <laughs> Wales, the Sahara of <laughs> That's right. the United Kingdom, the Thebes of the North, <laughs> England's Thebes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, so there you go. So there you, there you go. That is uh, the curse. Of the pharaohs. Mm, boogity, boogity, boogity. In, in a nutshell, that has been looted already. Oh, no, no, no it's not. Oh, no, look. No, look. They got caught in the act. There's still plenty of, of pun treasure to find. Uh, pun treasure is an oxymoron. Uh, mold. <laughs> pun mold. Pun mold. Uh, who's going first? Flora, please. Please open the floor. I have, okay, I, I have an uh, annoying bacteria. Oh, that really likes mummy wraps. Okay. Aspergillus flavors, flav. I'm going to throw this fucking book at your face. At least the one the one courtesy you did me was not to go my So so thank you for that. Thank you for that and that alone. <laughs> Didn't like it? No. No and no. I did not. It's because I don't like Flavor Flav. Oh, who who does? I mean, not even Flavor Flav. Not even those women who are on a game show to compete for the fact that they could be molested by that old sex pest. <laughs> sex pest. All right. You know what? I was gonna I was gonna try to make one, but I realized I already had about uh, Diggy Toots album, Toots Uncommon. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that I mean doesn't count. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to recycle You're that. Just... But I'm just saying. Had a, we had a, we had an it's old like pun. you're flashing a badge or something. <laughs> That's right. Well, also, it's been a while since we've had shout-outs to Diggy Toots. That's true. Tweeble, my neighbor. Diggy Toots forever. Diggy Toots, five ever. <laughs> okay, so my pun. Prior to uh, the discovery of the Rosetta Stone and the initial attempts to decipher hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. um, there used to be uh, every four years a competition amongst uh, linguists around the world to try to decipher them. And, you know, the winner would get a medal. Um, and they were the higher Olympics. <laughs> oh yeah. Bunt. <laughs> Bunt. I just needed a runner on base so I could bring him home. Yeah, that's true. Let's see. Uh, I've got this, uh, phenomenon where uh, exposure to humanity at this place of supposed fun and games Mm -hmm. just might kill your faith. Oh, no. Yeah. It's the curse of the county pharaohs. Oh, God. The county pharaohs have such good food. But that's how they kill you. It's the curse. You're right. You're right. And you get cancer from that food. Yeah, you do. Slow death. Slow death. You know, Slow death. (laughs) You know, part of those county pharaohs... um, one of the most dangerous areas is uh, it's part of where where all the uh, uh, the fried food carts are, mm-hmm. and I mean, and you can get anything there. I mean, like double fried donuts, fried onions. Um, it's it's the Valley of the Rings. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Double bunt. 
Double bunt. I think you. Um, I, I think you score. I think that was a sack fly off of my play. My yeah, play. that's well. Yeah, that that was a sack fly. The problem is I don't. I don't have a third batter, so it's just a sack play. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you yeah, go. So now we need you guys to bail us out with a little bit of listeners. <laughs> I'll kick it off here with the man of worst. Oh, Monsieur Adam! It's like I could invite him to the like my my dark unwedding. I don't need a best man. Did you just start French and go back to normal? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's wow. how the whimsy takes me. Okay. Adam, Adam says, uh, just the other day. He and Anxious Tri-Tip were discussing possible mundane superpowers. And apparently one of their mutual friends, let's call him Dylan, because that's his name. Because he's a villain. Uh, he's killing. Had one. Had a good slash bad one. Uh, it is simply the ability to smell underwater. Oh. But that's not a- breathe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yep. <laughs> his his submission was the ability to transform into and perfectly mimic any human being, provided you maintain eye contact with them. Weird. That just f***s with people. <laughs> yeah. Very hard to do. Yeah. Um, wow. I like those. I, I love, I love not so superpowers. Yeah. We're, I, I'm going to have to put a page up on, on the site and list yeah. them all. I think. Laura, hit me with a not so superpower right now. Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm so bad at this. The ability to generate heat, but only when you sweat. Oh, so you have to be sweating first and then you're like, warm, warm, warm. Yeah. Oh. And then you can, then you can warm your friends by, by you. Okay, here's here's a great mundane superpower. You don't even have to be looking at the gas pump, but you'll always release it on an exact even number. That's a great superpower. <laughs> That's not a superpower. It's a great normal it's mundane mundane power. Yeah, but I mean, it's, they it's can great. be they can be mildly useful. I mean, they don't have to be utterly useless. Like, um, I had a friend, and and her superpower was that she could just put her hand out and it was kind of nebulous whether she was catching a bird that was already there or if the bird was summoned but every time she could put her hand out boom bird in her hand <laughs> one guy i, I knew called her two bush yeah <laughs> wow uh, i knew one guy who wanted uh to be able to have the ability to just have spontaneous nosebleeds for dramatic effect <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. okay well yeah. I might, I might expand my. All mine are going to be bad for you, though. I, I thought, I, I thought of one that I thought was just mundane, but the more I thought about it, it was a genuine superpower, and it's that no matter what you did, you always got the upgrade of it. If you buy a medium soda, you get a large. <laughs> you buy Coach, you're in business class. I was like, well, that's pretty, that's pretty exploitable. That's that's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you get your regular Lexus. No man, you got one with the stereo system, yeah. the moon roof. Although Paint and Bob, Paint and Bob still reigns supreme with yeah. Pelicanesis. Pelicanesis is that great. Was, that was just fucking great. <laughs> so that's the mark, everybody. Pelicanesis. Um, and Adam says, uh, just for the record, uh, he's never tested puns on kittens. 
Ducklings and toddlers, sure, but never kittens. Fair enough. See? Yeah. Ducks every, are dicks. Every man's got a rule. So are toddlers. They're dicks. Yeah. They're little tyrants. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Oh, son of a bitch. Well, that's it for uh, listener mail. We don't have any more listener mail. I certainly don't have any to read, Flora. You know what? I, I did find one more in here. Oh, there's more? For you to do, but it's just, just probably not for me. It's a it's a pun. You you'll <sighs> like a pun, right? I know what you're doing. Me, and I know I know I know the rich scent of Danny Giblets oh, showing up in email. Not Danny Giblets. Yes, Danny Giblets. But he writes a pun, so thank you, Daniel. Uh, it's a little known fact that Edward Teach, uh, that when he was a young lad, he worked at a tavern mixing drinks. Oh, yeah? His specialty? Yargaritas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, Danny. Tip of the hat. Well played, Danny Giblets. And I, I, I hope that whoever's writing in his Danny Giblets enjoys both our appreciation of the pun and takes our absolute f- hatred of Danny Giblets' stupid ass as nothing but complimentary. <laughs> so thank you, Danny. Thanks, Danny. Um, hey, guess what? What? Heard again from Crary. Oh, sweet! Crary! Rhymes with Crary, he's a man. These are the facts of his life. <laughs> Bipedal likes to sleep horizontally needs water every day these are the facts of Crary's <laughs> life <laughs> uh Crary jumps into the Christian animal sacrifice discussion oh cool <laughs> cool we we have created a monster sweet not not crary but the the discussion itself of Good. course yeah. you know with any religious discussion yeah uh it's gonna be discussed i gotta tell you if you want to discuss religion you're gonna have a bad time all true unless we're doing it in which case it's fabulous crary is uh, very agreeable that um uh, lumberjack nick uh who brought up the the animal sacrifice point uh-huh. in our in our supplemental right. episode uh, if you haven't listened to that, just go back and, and do that. listen for that uh, to see what we're talking about. But he uh, he agrees that that Nick was uh, very reasonable and respectful, which is great. That's yep. like That's we what said, we like. Those, yeah. are the, those are our favorite kinds of people. Crary is, uh, points out that he is an atheist, but perpetually curious about religions. He generally agrees with, uh, <laughs> as he puts it, our tree-cutting friend, uh, that Jesus is the ultimate redemptive sacrifice. But he says in Ezekiel forty three eighteen and following, uh, there's a description of the millennial temple where God gives instructions to, quote, the Son of Man, understood as a title of Jesus, for setting up the temple after the big guy comes back. And it explicitly includes instructions for animal sacrifice. Um, he says some uh, don't believe this should be taken literally, but... It is a live controversy, he says. So, I would say some by by some, I would say ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Christians do not believe that should be taken literally, and I I could offer as proof the perfect absence of animal sacrifice I, in 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 churches. I I I completely agree with yeah. you. It, for me, playing literal devil's advocate. Uh, um, how do you not take something 
literally like that. Well, like, I mean, oh, we're going to set up animal sacrifices for for the new temple. Um, you know what? He probably didn't mean setting up animal sacrifices. Well, no, and, and I think I mean it's it's an interpretational document, and people interpret it how they how they want to, and and that's why you have different denominations in every religion. That's why you have Sunnis and Shiites and Catholics and 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 Protestants and you know, Orthodox and right. And, you you have all of these things because people say I agree with that. I don't think that's what they meant there. And and that's and that's how you you get uh, uh, sects in religions. That's how you yeah. you get differences of opinion. That's where the problem comes from, right? And that's why you have, I mean, uh, you know, fundamentalism, the belief uh, that that the Bible is as written, right, right. You know, and and that's, I mean, back in in my church in days, I was a fundamentalist because I don't like gray areas or I didn't then I've, I've come to revel in them now. Um, I like things to be cut and dried and right. I thought, well, you know, what's a lot less work taking it at face value. Yeah. Um, and, and for that reason, one would wonder, and I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with, with what he was uh, referencing there. I, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not familiar with well, that part of the Bible. And isn't I, Ezekiel old Testament anyway? Do, I mean, I don't know if that I comes mean, into play as relevant at all, but I'm just throwing it out there. Ezekiel is in the old Testament. Yeah. So that's that's pre Jesus. <laughs> GJ. Pre Jesus. Hey, so pre Jesus. Pre Jesus. So pray to Jesus. Pray, pray to, to Jesus. Jesus. So I, I so there you go. I mean I guess that's your answer right there. My, is my that, quick question though uh-huh. is was not the Bible written to not be interpreted? I mean, wasn't isn't the point of it to be like this is this is it, this is the law, this is how you how you remember. the interpretational mindset is 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 not for everyone, but um, in my experience, the way it was even explained to me is that the the Bible is God breathed, and that that's the the actual phrase that's used. Sure, but not God written. It was written by man. So the thought is God puts this these images, these ideas into the mind of a man and he writes them out as best he can. Um, so, so the formation of, so Genesis, um, is, is conceptually hard to understand. So it's broken down into days. And so that, that is the way it was explained to me. Yeah. Uh, that is, that, that is, is what you would now these days call an apologist, right? I, I believe so. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's what where apologist comes into it. I think right, and and there's and there's also um, the I've, I've seen this before the argument that why make a religious document that requires revision halfway through it? Yeah, you know, yeah. and there's and there's that there's that argument that is I mean I don't know it, why not I don't I don't know we can go either way I don't I don't feel like that's a terribly compelling in either direction. I know, I know how I feel about it, and since I'm comfortable with how I feel about it, I'm comfortable with how other people feel about it. I don't. Right. My my singular personal religious view is that it is just that it is just my personal religious view. I have, despite calls from the Bible to do otherwise or whatever, I don't proselytize. I don't, and I'm evangelize. I'm, no, and I mean I am so barely on board with it as to functionally not be. I'm not, I mean, I, I've certainly 
I, I didn't, I, I'm not, I, I didn't have such a bad time when I was super churchy that I'm like, Oh, never again. I, I can't stand it. I'm just, I'm, I'm exhausted by it and ambivalent to it. Sure. You know what? This, I, I, I think, and thank you, uh, Crary for, yeah, thank for you, writing Crary. in and, and talking about this. He's got a pun before we leave, <laughs> leave him, but. And also thank that's two episodes, two letters in a row. That's keep, true. Keep them coming, Crary. Thank that's you. That's true. I think this would be a great thing for something that that we're we've got on the back burner that might be moved to the front burner soon. Yeah. Uh in terms of a little bit more goodness <laughs> asterisk uh that we're going to be bringing you guys in the near future. Anyways, uh Crary's pun, let's let's yeah. cleanse the palate here and Crary says there was a young pirate who tried to emulate his older peers around the Caribbean but he couldn't grow facial hair. Oh, that's tragic because beards are important. That's right. His name was Edward Peach Fuzz. Oh, that's denigratory. Wait. What? I was trying to say denigratory. All right. Uh, or simply whack beard. Oh, snaps. Snaps, whack beard. Thank you, puns. Thank you, Crary. Keep them coming. That's right. And I think we got one more. Uno mas from our friend. Connor the Wordsmith, working in the word mines. Back to work, Connor. We already did it. We did it. It's done. We can't go back to it. Bring a drink of water, Connor. All right, here we go. I mean, Connor's Connor's just unloaded. Wants us to know that uh, uh, he brings not only mithril missives, but sylvan syllables and iron-wrought ironies. Whoa. Ain't no ghost getting through them ironies then. Because ghosts don't like iron. That was a blacksmith series Especially right iron. Yeah. <laughs> there were a group of performers. Jesus, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm forehead cobra bit. <laughs> there were a group of performers who, after learning how effective Blackbeard's theatrics were, decided they would try their hand at piracy. Oh, yeah? Now, this troupe was terrible at their chosen craft and being as self-deluded as they were. They misunderstood the complaints of the common folk Aww. of their act as being uh, as being fear when they were voicing the annoyance of the performers and the vessel they arrived in, groaning about the terrible showmanship. Ha! <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. If the ship were to lose its bearings and was carrying prisoners, the crooks would the cooks would sometimes be strapped for food and would be forced to go to extreme lengths. As such, they would need at times to make things last and would discover that human, if prepared correctly, could be quite cannibal. Because <laughs> you could cannibal. preserve it. Because you put cannibal. it... Yeah. Wow. As scurvy was not the only dental menace to plague the seven seas, a pirate needed a toothbrush and floss... Uh, uh, a pirate needing t- a toothbrush and floss emerged with yellow... Ugh, with yellow caked on his teeth and a grimy film mixed within his thick facial hair, mm. many feared the dreaded plaque beard. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's really, he's just like, bam, body blow. Bitch needs some Colgate. <laughs> oh, actually, a few years ago, uh, Connor was in a puppet show for the summer reading program in his library, and he played both Pecos Bell and John Henry, ah. which is righteous. Well done. Yeah, that is well done. Puppet shows are great. I will giggle like the smallest girl on earth at at any puppet show. <laughs> I love puppets. I, I, know. I, I, I get into puppets. 
You you have a pretty good video about uh, your love of puppetry, oh. <laughs> puppet shows, yeah. on a uh, corn man. Look yeah, it up, track yeah. it down. We haven't plugged that in forever, and we yeah. should. Yeah, I don't know. We uh, don't do much anymore. Yeah, they're still there. They are. There. I'm in I mean, one of them. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say which one. So you have to watch them all, Blurp. Pokemon style. Pokemon. Uh, Connor continues after that magnificent pun run. Um, that he personally has a. Uh, uh, been in therapy since the age of eight and it, to him if a person chooses crystal healing over therapy and potentially medication that's their choice uh, because he knows a lot of people who abhor the idea of being medicated mm-hmm, and as mm-hmm. and as well as many people who abhor the idea of of eastern or holistic or new age medicine mm-hmm. um, and also uh, insurance if you don't have proper insurance the cost is almost the same for both across the board well and uh, he was waiting for us to get to the song Crystal Healing. <laughs> when you got that feeling of quartz. <laughs> that was somebody else's pun, but it really of worked well. Of quartz it is. Um, and we didn't amaze that we didn't use that song for the stripper of the same alias. Broken. Yeah. Um, oh, and he's amazed that no one has made the reference yet. So here it is. Blurry photos. Now you know. And knowing is half the battle. I mean, we really did. We climbed into bed with G.I. Joe and rolled around with her for some time. Yeah, she's a girl. It's (laughs) J.O. Thank you, Connor. Thanks, Connor. Thank you, everybody, for sending in all your great stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Don't forget to find us on Facebook, StumbleUpon, and um, uh, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I'm David Stego, and uh, David, uh, I'm an Egyptian pharaoh Stego, and... Oh, for this episode, I'm David. Um, uh, I couldn't think of anything to hurt her, Flora. Bye. I'm done. This is over. I'm, there's no more podcast to do. I have to go now. There's no reason for us to continue recording right. at this moment. You hit all the keys. That's right. Our names stumble upon and out. <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> Hey, iTunes, go and rate us. Hey, uh-huh. uh, YouTube, we're on there. I'll get some more stuff up soon. Yeah. And uh, Twitter, blurry underscore photos. Yeah. Facebook, like us, please. Yeah, I guess. Yep. Donate us. Yeah, donate. Hit the donate button. Donate Thank us you. Help us somewhere. to support whatever the f*** it is we're doing here. Thank you. And I appreciate you everyone who has done that so far. You're a hero. And I hope that you like listen to this and you feel personally invested. You're like, I'm the reason this shit's so great. Because you are. They're still going. But only if you've given us money. (laughs) (laughs) For this episode of Blurry Photos. Oh, wait. Uh, No, no, we're done. That's it. Oh, wait. What? We have a promise to keep. (sighs) And miles to go before we sleep, Dave. Oh, Don't you Robert Frost my ass. And miles to go before we sleep, Dave. Man, I've got to... Will I dream, Dave? (laughs) Will I dream? Stopping by holding cell on a snowy night. That's what... (laughs) All right. Now, <laughs> what we've determined here huh. is uh, now usually for uh, penalty boxes, we kind of just pick our own poison. We find something that we think would be worth it. However, given the particularly heinous nature of my crimes, my multiple convictions, my clear inability to rehabilitate myself or reenter society as a functioning member thereof, Flora is going to surprise me with something. And I'm certain surprised I shall be. Go on and step in there. I, I will slide you uh, the paper that... Son of a bitch. All right. Entering the penalty box uh, now. 
For this penalty box, you will be doing lyrics to Ludacris's What? What's Your Fantasy? Never heard that song before my whole my life. Penalty box is online? <laughs> yes. All right, so when you are ready. Uh, okay. I've never ever heard this this song Kong before. I don't care. So you're just doing the lyrics. It's okay. Okay. What's what's the song again? You're doing "What's Your Fantasy" by Ludacris. Perfect. Great. I want to get you the door, George Dome on the fifth fifty all on while the dirty birds kick for tree. And if you like, I like it in the club, we can do it in the DGA booth. We can do the back of the VIP. Whipped cream with chairs and strawberries on top. Lick it, don't, don't stop. Keep the back door locked. Don't knock while the boat rock. We go bots and robots and they got a wedding to the show stop. <laughs> How about on the beach with the black sand? Lick it up the thigh, then call me the, the Pac-Man. <laughs> Tabletop, just give me a lap dance. The rock to the park of the point of the flatlands. <laughs> that man Lou Chris in the public back with room or in the classroom. However you want it on it, lover, 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 gonna tap it ass. <laughs> That's good. I think that'll do it. Oh my. I'm turning it off. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Oh, yes. That was horrible. You, you, this house is clear. <laughs> I've paid my debt to society. I am ready to rejoin them. Oh, man. I, all I want is a regular job. If anyone will hire an ex-con. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Well done. Well that's, done. Well, you know, you bust a deal, face the wheel, I guess. That's, yep. Blurry yeah, Photos you, Justice is tough, but fair. Tough. <laughs> tough, but, but fair. fair. You listen to that on your way home. You'll like it, I think. Okay. Uh, Although I, that's like like having to look at the guy who assaulted me and go, yeah, he's got good bone structure. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Dave's debt is paid down. Yep. Um, if, for if, the moment, if, if there are any others, I guess send them my way. But. Yeah, please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not done rapping, ludicrous. Anyways, uh, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David Farrow Laura. Nice. And I'm David Staphylococcus Stacko. Oh, <laughs> Turn back on. <laughs> You gotta step out of the penalty booth, dude. Flashbacks, man. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, the penalizer <laughs> turned back on. I'm Dave Stavlakakis Deco. Bye. And for dinner, make your way to El Dorito, the lost city of snacks. Mm, snacks! Brought to you by Frito Lay. <laughs> yeah, snacks! <laughs> yeah, <I know>. snacks! <laughs> snacks! Snacks!
My mouth hurts. <laughs> Mommy, I can't taste anymore. This isn't nutrition. So come down this summer to six hats. So come on down to six hats. <clears throat> hats. Six hats. Six hats on Easter. You can try them all on and ain't no one going to mess with you. <laughs> we got mirrors and, 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 and stands to put them on. Yeah. And don't you worry if your head's a little sweaty. It's summertime. I understand. We spritz them down after every trying. We have six hats to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> I got that stuff that the bowling alley sprays in its yeah. shoes. <laughs> it's just a white hat with a brown ring. <laughs> this is called the Maid of Virtue. <laughs> this calls the this one's called the Bowery Boxer. Look out, he's a rascal. <laughs> this one's called the Corn Husker. It's a straw hat, probably for farmers. And there's a giant. Sign that says, no cosplay. <laughs> Leave your goggles at home. We don't want them. All right, ready? So this summer, head on down to Six Hags Cryptid Kingdom. <laughs> the slowest. So this summer, head on down to Six Hags Cryptid Kingdom. <laughs> Sorry, all right. <clears throat> what the f***? No, I was just like... <laughs> 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 Hold on, the whole family. Six flags. So this summer, head on down to Six Flags. Just go there; it's more fun. (laughs) (laughs) That place that exists that has all the dirty bathrooms. Oh. Don't speak English? No No problem. problem. (laughs) All right.